Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. And the Patriots dynasty is over! Welcome to the Fantasy BFFs. I am Frank Sample, live on the Sports Grid TV network. No Greg Sussman, out playing bingo in Fort Lauderdale. But no fear, the closer is here. Chris Ventra joining me, the leaner, the leader of the Goon Squad and the host of the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Ventra, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. How you doing, buddy? I wish I was the leader of the Goon Squad. I lost to big time in the championship. <laughs> So, Big timer. Went undefeated. Currently took over the uh, the title of the leader of the goon squad. Got a fun show planned for today. I want to look uh, at a review of everything that happened this fantasy football season. The leaders at the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver positions. There's a lot going on today as well. The playoffs are set in the NFL, uh, at least the wild card round for now. So we'll go through some of that. There's coaching carousel. There's people being fired. There's... Rumors about you know people meeting with potential coaching candidates, so uh, I do want to get into all that. I want to congratulate you and your boy, Gucci Garoppolo. Yeah. Getting it done last night. What a way to close out the NFL season. Final game there. Sketchy. Jacob Hollister getting tackled at the one-inch line. Hey, look, you were the first person to back Gucci Garoppolo the way that you did. Yeah. You were all over the 49ers. And they put it together this year. So congratulations yeah. to you and Gucci. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, ho- hopefully Gucci <laughs> wins a, a Super Bowl. Maybe he wins a championship. I mean, he's a winner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's a winner. <laughs> Let's slow it down a little bit here, Benji. <laughs> I don't know if uh, the 49ers are ready to win a Super Bowl yet. Uh, but Who's scary in the NFC? Are you scared? New Orleans Saints. They are the scariest. The part. New Orleans Saints. The not, not getting a top seed, not getting a bye in the first round here, the wild card round, I think obviously hurts the New Orleans Saints. They don't have um, home field advantage throughout the course of the NFL playoffs, but... Mm. They're still a really good team, man. Drew Brees, yeah. Michael Thomas, breaking records out here. Defense is playing well also. So uh, yeah. there's... They're scary. They are scary. They, they, put are, they are a scary team. We will see. Uh, I think the NFC... Actually, I think the entire playoffs is pretty wide open right now. But I mentioned that we were going to talk about that wild card weekend being set up. I do just kind of want, want to run through the schedule of these games. Venture, this was the lock of the century. Mm-hmm. We always know that the Houston Texans play that first game, wild card weekend, 4.30, 
every <laughs> single year. Doesn't matter who they're facing, and of course, it is against another team that you were touting this season, uh, the Buffalo Bills. So that will yeah. be your first game on Saturday. The Buffalo Bills traveling to take on the Houston Texans. Uh, the Tennessee Titans will be the night game going up against the New England Patriots. And I'll say this. The Tennessee Titans, the way that they are playing right now, and I mentioned this last week with Greg. I said, if I were a playoff team, I wouldn't want to see the Tennessee Titans right now. No. They don't have the best defense. They have a bend but don't break defense. It's actually uh, a lot like the New England Patriots have been for years. Right. Patriots defense was a lot better this year. But the Patriots normally don't have a, an elite defense. Bend but don't break defense. They're good against the run, Tennessee. That's, that's what the Titans are. Mm -hmm. But with that offense right now, Derrick Henry running the way that he is, A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill. The Tennessee Titans are going to be a tough out here against the New England Patriots, and I see uh, some money already coming in on the Tennessee Titans because that spread has dropped from 5.5 to 5. Right. Anything interests you there, these first two games? So, I honestly think this Tennessee-New England game might be the toughest for me to call because the, they're one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team to come in the playoffs, Tennessee, right? They've won one. Two, three, four, five out of their last seven. They lost two in a row against Houston, New Orleans. That big game against Houston that could have won the division. But they're still hot. Those are tough games. Those are tough games. Yeah. Right? Those are tough games. So uh, that spread's tough. But I do like the Bills. And like I said, I've been touting the Bills pretty much all year. I love Josh Allen. I thought Josh Allen would take a big step up this year, which he did. Uh, he's still not quite there yet. This team's a little young, so it scares me. But at plus three, maybe I buy the half a point, make it three and a half. I kind of like that. Uh, to win the game outright, I might put a little money on it because I do think they could win this game. You're right. Houston every year, they got this 4 o'clock game on Saturday. Every single year. Every single year, and a they lot. usually lose it. Uh, so I think, uh, I think Buffalo definitely has a shot to beat this team, and I think, I think they will. I think, I think it comes down to that. I think Buffalo wins this game outright. Ooh. I don't know about the over-under, though. 42 and a half. Buffalo wins it outright, says outright. the closer, Chris Ventra. Um, even more money coming in on Tennessee Titans. According to the FanDuel Sportsbook, I saw this open up at plus five and a half for Tennessee, now down to plus four and a half. So people are hammering the Tennessee Titans yeah. right now against the New England Patriots. That's what scares me. Everyone's going to be on the Titans? It kind of scares me. Gabe says that a lot, right? It's, you know, everyone remembers what they see last, right? Right. So the last image we have is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins going into New England Wild. and knocking off the Patriots. The Patriots were a 17-point favorite. <laughs> they lost the game. The Dolphins won outright. I want to know. What, was what the is happening? Money line. What was the money line on the Dolphins? I, I, I you wish know, I knew. Man, I should have looked it up beforehand. It, it had to be something. <laughs> I, look, as a 17-point Plus, plus 900? More yeah, than that? Yeah, 1,000 maybe? Probably. Yeah. It's crazy wow. though. Sunday, this Sunday, uh, the NFC Divisional Round, uh, the NFC Wildcard Round, the Minnesota Vikings at the New Orleans Saints. That'll be your 1 o'clock game. The Seattle Seahawks at your Philadelphia Eagles. That game is at 440. The spread in those games, as of now, the Saints are laying 8 points at home. I like the total in that game. I like that game going over 48. Uh, and the Seahawks are laying... One and a half points on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, yeah. the Eagles are dealing with a ton of injuries. So uh, we'll see who's going to be able to suit up in that game for the Eagles. Seattle, too. Of course, I had a, uh, I had a Cowboys playoff ticket. So, yeah. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Cowboys. They choke so How is It's, it's 2 o'clock right now yeah. on the East Coast. Jason Carrot still has a job. Yeah. What's going on? Well, Kurt said it before. I don't <laughs> what know. What is going on? He, Jones loves his guys. Jones loves guys. He's going to try to oh, do it smoothly. On, man. I mean, <laughs> something's got to happen here. Uh, if yeah. you haven't heard the news, 
Where are you? You live under a rock. Freddie Kitchens is out in Cleveland. Pat Shermer is out for the New York Giants. I know that you are a Giants fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're hearing some rumors about Matt Rule, Ron Rivera. uh, Ron Rivera meeting with Washington as well. Josh McDaniels. Is that what you want? You want Josh McDaniels coaching your franchise? (sighs) I mean, I feel like it's better than a lot of what's out there right now. This guy's flaky, man. I know. (laughs) I mean, I I really don't like any of the... any of the options. Rivera, I feel like Rivera could do a good job, but I don't think he could do a ju- good job with Gettleman there. They have history Gettleman's together. Gettleman's got to go. They have history together yeah. in Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a report. Uh, Dave Gettleman has to improve his batting average. That's what uh, <laughs> that's, that's what the Maras are saying. Well, uh, wrong sport, buddy. Yeah. But, uh, good try, I guess. Good try. Um, the... Panthers, apparently looking at Mike McCarthy as well. Uh, the Matt Rule thing would hurt because I wanted the New York Jets to sign Matt Rule. He stayed in, at Baylor this year, and of course he's done a phenomenal job uh, at the collegiate level. He hasn't been a coach, uh, head coach at the NFL level, but I think that would be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Browns, this is, I like this because we could segue this into talking about the quarterbacks. Next segment, the Browns have requested to meet with OC Greg Roman of the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. That is interesting for Lamar Jackson heading into next year, and I will tell you why after the break. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, right here live on the SportsGrid TV network. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back to the Fantasy BFFs live on the Sports Grid TV network. That is the closer, Chris Ventra. I am Frank Stanfield. No Greg Sussman. I mentioned he is out in Fort Lauderdale hanging with his mom, playing <laughs> some bingo. I do have a quick story for everybody. Greg Sussman called me Sunday morning and tells me, you'll never believe what happened to me last night. He was out drinking <laughs> with Judy, his new wife. Congratulations. Congratulations. And he says, somebody comes up to him, a stranger. Yeah. And says, me and my buddies are talking about how old you are. And we have an over-under on how old we think that you are. He said this to Greg Sussman. So I, I, I'm not making this up. He'll tell you the story when he comes people back. People he well. knows or random No, people? no. These were just people in a bar. Okay. In Fort Lauderdale. I don't think he knew them. I wasn't paying enough attention. Yeah. What else is new? <laughs> he tells me that they set the over-under. I'll ask you first. So what do you think? And this has been a, a long-running joke here yeah. on the BFFs. I say, Greg Sussman looks like an old man. He acts like an old man. (laughs) What do you think that the over-under they set for Greg Sussman's age was? I would say 38. 38. 37. Very close. They said 36 and a half. Wow. They come up to Greg Sussman. They they say, the over-under for your age is 36 and a half. Which is crazy because, I mean, normally I say it because of the way that Greg acts. Yeah. Not, not, personality not wise. They said, yeah. like, oh, yeah, there's your hair looks old. I'm like, what? Well, I've, never, <laughs> I've never said that your hair looks old. What does that mean? His hair? I, I don't, I don't know. They, I didn't think his hair looks bad. I just thought in the way that Greg carries himself, you know? Yeah, it's just, yeah. he's, he's more mature than the right. average, I don't know. Mostly I don't even know how old he is. 30, 31 wise. years old? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, the guy goes he's to sleep early at night. Yeah, like, he's not 32. Doing what, like, the closer goes home and plays Fortnite. And, yeah. You know, 
Video Greg Sussman hasn't played video games since he was five years old. So yeah, he's like an adult. He's just you know he's a he's a mature <laughs> gentleman. That's that's how that's how we'll call it. So he's out playing bingo. He's cleaning his monocle. Uh, he's not here until. Thursday is the next time that Greg will be back, and that is the day that I will be gone. So we will be reunited on Friday. Venture, I mentioned I want to recap this year's top finishers at each position. Let's go over the quarterbacks first and foremost here. Four-point passing touchdowns, half PPR. That's the way that you should be playing fantasy football. If you play in a six-point passing touchdown league or a full PPR league, you should probably look into changing it. I just you you don't like full point PPR? I don't oh, like full point PPR because if you catch a, a screen pass for zero yards, you should not be awarded a full point for that. That is my opinion. That's true. Yeah, it's true. You didn't do anything. You caught the ball. I could catch a ball too. Yeah, you know, you didn't. There was no skill involved. Right, right. right. You catch a ball for zero yards. You shouldn't get a full point for that. Okay. So, I'll and me, it. in my opinion, I think that it overvalues wide receivers as as well. Yeah. Um. So I'm not really into full PPR. I like half PPR more. In four point passing touchdowns, here are your top twelve quarterbacks. We have a little graphic downstairs. If uh, the gentleman downstairs in the pit can throw that up for me. Number one, Lamar Jackson. Of course, the most fantasy points per game of all time. Number two, Dak Prescott. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Jameis Winston, after yesterday, so fitting, throws a walk-off pick six. <laughs> First player in NFL history with 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Guess how much money he wants to make this offseason? $30 million. The joke's on you, Jameis Winston. <laughs> Number six, Josh Allen. Number seven, Patrick Mahomes. Eight, Kyler Murray. Nine, Aaron Rodgers. Ten, Carson Wentz. Eleven, Matt Ryan. Number 12, TFB. Tom Effin Brady. Go. According to Fantasy Pros ADP, I looked this up before the show venture, five of these top 12 quarterbacks were drafted out of the top, uh, top 12 ADP before the season. Okay. That would include Lamar Jackson, yep. Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I mentioned that Greg Roman leaving the Baltimore Ravens, potentially leaving. Well, uh, the Cleveland Browns have requested to interview Greg Roman for their head coaching uh, vacancy. Nobody knows if he's going to leave or not. I know Mark Ingram set out a tweet saying, fail. Well, it hasn't happened yet, Mark Ingram. Let's yeah. slow down a little bit. <laughs> uh, I have Lamar Jackson as a serious regression candidate going into next year. Like For, okay. for obvious reasons, right? You, know, I, you were just about to bring up Patrick Mahomes, and I mm. think that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Mahomes last year, 8.6% touchdown rate. This year, 5.4%. He regressed by nearly by over three percent. Mm-hmm. Touchdown rate is the rate of how many of your pass attempts go for touchdowns in the NFL. So right. league average is right around four and a half percent. If you're an elite quarterback, you can consistently go for over six percent, maybe seven percent. Yeah. Lamar Jackson this year is at nine percent. Yeah. Ventra. That is astronomical. The rushing production is likely going to be there. Although if he loses Greg Roman. Roman has been the OC of Tyrod Taylor, Colin Kaepernick in their careers. Running quarterback. So he knows how to get the most out of mobile quarterbacks. There's no, I, I don't want to take anything away from Lamar Jackson. If people who are listening, watching this, thinking, oh, you're just a hater on Lamar Jackson, that's not true. I drafted Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He won me money this year. And if it weren't for him going in the first or second round next year, I would like to draft him again. But because of that, I think that he is going to be a prime regression candidate in 2020. I will not draft him in the first two rounds. What say you? I'm with you. Uh, I mean, I think it's just obvious, you know. He's done so much that how could he not regress? We saw what happened with Pat Mahomes, who had a ridiculous season. We we didn't think we'd see a season like that again from anybody. We thought, wow, look at this guy. First first full season playing, and he's breaking records. Look at this guy. 50-plus touchdowns. Now, here's the obvious thing. Here's the thing that stands out. This is why you're right. 
401 pass attempts, okay? And he's not going to pass the ball a lot. It's going to be around 400, 450 tops. Most quarterbacks that throw the ball a lot, you're talking about 600 plus. So he had 36 touchdowns. That was most in the league. That's passing. That's not including rushing. That's very hard to do. And you know touchdowns are kind of a fickle thing. So for sure. Uh, I just see the passing touchdown regression to be heavy. Maybe he rushes for a few more because he had seven. He balances out a little bit more. But there could even be some regression on the rushing side, no? I mean, he ran for 1,200 yards. Yardage-wise. That's a lot of yards. He was sixth in the NFL in rushing. Yeah. Don't get me. He's a freak athlete. The things that Lamar Jackson could do, it is uncanny. But you've got to realize that heading into next season, people are going to scheme for him differently. Right. They're going to play more DBs on the field. They're going to try and get more speed on the field in order to track him down and not let him... break off these huge chunk rushing plays. Right. They're going to scheme for Lamar Jackson a little bit differently. So everyone looks at what he did this year. He just had the most fantasy points by a quarterback in NFL history. Venture, realize this. He played 15 games. Yeah. What he did was historical. It was amazing. He just averaged the most fantasy points per game in NFL history. 27.5. For anyone? For any, anyone. Okay. This is in standard leagues. In PPR, uh, that would be Marshall Falk in 2000. He averaged 32.85. In standard leagues, Lamar Jackson just averaged nearly 28 fantasy points. That was the most in NFL history. But he is a prime regression candidate. Yeah. You can't just look at what he did la- this year and say, oh, well, I'm going to expect that production again next year. He's worthy of being a top five pick. Greg Sussman, I hope that you are out in Florida listening right now <laughs> because Lamar Jackson is not going to repeat what he did this year uh, for many reasons. Touchdown regression, Greg Roman might not be there. Uh, the league, I think, is going to scheme for him differently. Right. I want to go to the other side of this. A positive touchdown regression candidate and somebody who everyone's going to be excited about. I, I, I can already see the hype getting out of control. It's, what is it? It's, Dece- it's December 30th, 2019. Yeah. The season By the just time ended. we are drafting, <laughs> August 1st, 2020. Yeah. The hype on Kyler Murray is going to be out of control, Ventra. I'm telling you that right now. Right. Because he just finished his QB8 as a rookie. As a rookie. Mm-hmm. This guy ran for over 500 yards, second among quarterbacks with 544 rushing yards behind Lamar Jackson. Right. And he had a touchdown rate of 3.7%. So if we're just talking about statistical regression, he's up. He should go. He, yeah. League average is four and a half. If he had a league average touchdown rate, he would have had four more touchdown passes this year, and he would have finished as the QB6 as a rookie. This guy is going to get better. Now, you can, yeah. I guess, play devil's advocate and say teams are going to start to scheme for Kyler Murray, and, and that's fair. I, you know, He's going to lose some rushing yardage, but I think that the passing yardage and the passing touchdowns are going to go up second year with Cliff Kingsbury. They run a high-octane offense, and I frankly, I think that they're going to surround him with better weapons. I think Andy yeah. Isabella is going to get more involved. Dan Arnold... Has come on late in the season <laughs> yeah. here for the Cardinals. Did they sell Christian Kirk. I think they probably draft another wide receiver, sign somebody, or uh, you know, Hakeem Butler will be back for this. Drake team. will be the running back full time. Dra- maybe, Hopefully. maybe if they re-sign him. Yeah, I think the sky is going to be the limit for Kyler Murray. The problem venture is everyone else is going to think so as well. That's the problem. Yeah, he's going. I think he's going to be getting drafted too high. The way you want to draft a quarterback. Listen, the fact of the matter is that quarterback. I know you want these guys. But there's just too many good ones. My plan before we head to the break, I'll tell you, this is what you should do next year, 100%. Tell this us. is what I did this year. Draft the cheapest quarterback that runs the ball a lot. Because they'll give you a nice floor. That and was you, Josh and, Allen. And you were all year. over Josh Allen. And it Kudos worked. to you. Yeah, so you do something like that, I think it'll pay off. I don't think you want to pay up too, too much. But you're right, I think Kyle Miley in for a big year uh, in 2020. Uh, 
Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Look, everyone's going to be all, all over Kyler Murray. We'll put a bow on the quarterback discussion when we come back. Move over to the running backs as well. You are watching the Fantasy BFFs live on the Sports Grid TV network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Hitting the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus up to $500. Here's how it works. First, create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, then make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with 50% bonus up to $500. This offer is eligible to all users, plus new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only, eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Fantasy BFFs. I am Frank Sample, joined by the closer, Chris Ventra. No Greg Sussman today, or tomorrow. He's out uh, gallivanting in Florida right now. He's in Fort Lauderdale. I mentioned I wanted to put a little bow on the quarterback position when we came back, and I remember telling everybody my advice on the quarterback position coming into draft season was I was targeting, and I know a lot of people don't like to draft two quarterbacks, but I would take one safe quarterback, and I would take one upside quarterback. I did this in my NFFC league that I shared with my buddy Constantine, who was in the chat. Shout out, shout out to Constantine. Shout out to the shout out to the whole chat. Shout mm-hmm. out to the Goon Squad while we're at it as well. <laughs> and we drafted Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> it worked out perfectly well. Now, of course, you have to hit on that upside quarterback, but the upside quarterbacks coming into this year, Ventra, were Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston, Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray, like a, yep. the fantasy industry is very sharp nowadays, and a lot of people kind of realized who these upside quarterbacks were. The only difference that I will make heading into next year, and I've said this, I'm going to do it at the tight end position, at the quarterback position. I don't care about wasting my bench spots. Everyone says, oh, I want to load up on running backs and wide receivers on my bench. False. What I'm going to do, I'm going to draft two upside quarterbacks and two upside tight ends late in every one of my drafts. And I think based on our knowledge, we'll be able to hit on one of each of those right? between a quarterback and a tight end. If you did that this year, you would have wound up with a Mark Andrews, with a Darren Waller, and the same thing at the quarterback position. So that's what I'm going to be doing heading into next year, You know, whether the hype guys are Daniel Jones or Joe Burrow or Sam Darnold in his third year if he could take that next step right. or, or finding another quarterback that can make plays with his legs, whoever it might be. Um, but that is going to be the strategy for me heading into 2020 quarterback position. Wait with you. and just take two upside quarterbacks late, specifically one that can make plays with his legs. I agree with you there. Yeah, just so you have that nice floor. I think at this point in time, fantasy used to, maybe in a standard 12-team league, not standard, but I mean like typical 12-team league, uh, you're not drafting a backup quarterback always. Like if you draft Aaron Rodgers, you're not drafting a backup normally. But yeah, you would have had to this year if you had Rodgers because he didn't really get it done as a QB1 for the most part consistently this year. So 
I think having two quarterbacks is fine, and I think you should do that because you could have your upside guy with legs, you know, so like a Josh Allen. But you might be worried. I was worried about drifting Josh Allen this year. It scared me. You don't want him as, as a QB1, so I took Goff. Now, that didn't work, but Josh Allen saved me. So that's why you got yeah. the two. There's a so lot you did of good something similar to me. You yeah. know, I took Brady and, and Lamar Jackson. You took Josh Allen and Goff. and Goff, and it worked out. Right. It worked out. So that's why I think instead of just wasting that roster spot on the veteran next year right. or the safe guy like a Jared Goff, you thought he was safe, uh, Brady ended up being fine. I never used him because I had Lamar Jackson. Right. Just take two upside guys. You could do that, yeah. Yeah, and just hope one of them hits. I mean, you give yourself a higher percentage of hitting the more upside quarterbacks that you draft. Right. So I'm with you. I think Daniel Jones is going to be one that people are going to be really all over because he can make some plays with his legs. He has a solid supporting cast. They should improve the offensive line in the offseason. Uh, we'll see what happens. He but didn't have a bad year. 26 touchdowns, 12 picks total. I mean, Daniel for a Jones? rookie? Yeah. Did he really throw 26 touchdowns? Well, he threw 24. He ran for two. Wow. I mean, that is pretty impressive. Yeah. He didn't even play, what, the first two games of the year? Yeah. What did he do, coming in the third, fourth he game? He played 13, Tampa game. Bay? 13 games, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that is pretty impressive, man. I think Daniel Jones is going to be one of those players heading into next year. There's uh, so many you could wait, though, at quarterback. Now, yeah, tight end, sure. there's not as many. It's actually kind of scarce, but you get a lot of good ones late, right? You can so find those guys. Last year was Kittle. Late, man. You're going to find the the Noah Fants next year. Right. TJ Hawkinson. Those are going to be players that we know they have pedigree. They have talent. They got the experience. And you're now. hoping that yeah. their role is expanded. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So between Noah Fant and and Hawkinson, I brought up, you know, John U. Smith, I think, is going to be an interesting name next year. Ian Thomas. I think Tyler Higby would have been in that mix, but he's mm-hmm. just been so good. I, I think he's kind of He's gonna he's, be a top he's ten. Pushed past, yeah. past that. He's gonna be a top ten tight end draft. I mean, he ended Maybe even the season. He ended the season a half point PPR, like you said. It's crazy, dude. Eight. Tight end eight. Five straight games with at least yeah, hundred yards yeah. or a touchdown. <laughs> Yesterday, oh my god, he didn't get to hundred yards. Doesn't matter. He had eighty yards and a touchdown. Yeah. He's Insane. a monster. Insane. So I think Tyler Higby would have been in that group, but he's he's done a lot for himself, and because of that, uh, he's going to be drafted as a top 10, maybe even a top 8 tight end yeah. in I think 2020. The, I think the strategy with tight end is a little similar to wide receiver, but the thing is you have much less guys to, to choose from, so you want to go for a tight end that I think gets a lot of targets in the system that they're in. Like Waller, a lot of people predicted rightly that Waller would be a big hit because John he's going to get a lot of targets. tight end, yeah. The year before it was Jared Cook right. in Oakland. Exactly. Targets yeah. are king, I think, with tight end. You know you're going to get with consistency. With any position. With any pass-catching position, yeah. I mean, targets are king. But it's harder to... In wide receivers, sometimes it's hard to find who's going to get a lot of targets, who's not. Yep. At tight end, if you know he's a big part of your system or if you know the receivers aren't great around him... You know he's going to get a lot of targets, a lot of receptions in a half-point PPR, PPR format. You're going to get consistent points. I give you a hot take right now at the tight end position. I know the system you should be avoiding at all costs. You ready for this? Yeah. Bruce Arians' system. Hot take. Oh, he killed me all year. Because OJ Howard, man. I mean, everybody else was on it except yeah. me. Oh, what, what are you doing, Frank? Gosh, I picked knew that too. Bruce Arians doesn't use the tight end, and I still took OJ Howard too. everywhere. So Talents there. Don't draft O.J. Howard. Don't draft Cameron Bright. Do not draft a tight end in Bruce Arians' system. Wait, here's a question. So mad though. at myself. It's interesting about Howard. Wait, wait, wait. No, I still think <laughs> Howard is really good. I he's still think he's one of the talented. most talented guys. Yeah. Everything went wrong for him, though. Right. Because he struggled earlier on in the season, and then he was in Bruce Arians' doghouse. Right. He wasn't playing. Cameron Bright started eating into his playing time. They started using uh, O.J. Howard more as a blocker again. Yeah. The targets weren't there. Chris Godwin broke out. Mike Evans was amazing. Yeah. At the end of the season, Brashad Perryman broke out. And on top of all of that, Bruce Arians doesn't like to use tight ends. Right. So it was just a recipe for disaster. And is he stuck Every there? Every single thing went wrong for O.J. Howard. Can Howard move? 
I heard. I'm hearing. I could pull up his contract situation, but I believe he's still under contract. I'm hearing rumblings that he might get traded to New England. Well, that's what people were talking about at the deadline. And, that would and be Tampa great. Bay shot everything down. They're yeah. like, no, we're not, we're not, we're not doing moving that. OJ Howard. Which I understand. They used a top, I believe, top 10 pick, top 15 pick on OJ Howard. It was a first round pick on OJ yeah. Howard. The Tampa Bay Bucks yes. invested a lot of draft capital in OJ Howard. Before Evan so they shouldn't went. give yeah. up on him. But at the same time, you got to use the guy. Right. So trade him for some stock. Get some stock back for him. But the thing is, what him. are they going to get from him, though? You know? Get a second what, round pick. What, what, would they really, though? Maybe a failed tight end prospect so far. He's not failed yet. He's still young. Um, yeah, he was. You know? He was really good last year, 2018. Yeah. That's why you know everyone thought he was going to break but out. Bruce, uh, he is under contract through through 2020 and 2021. Yeah, so he's unrestricted free agent in 2022. Please, somebody come save OJ Howard. If New England Gosh. gets him, I say he he goes into top eight tight end territory. Oh, easily. Right when he goes to New England, maybe even more than that. Yeah, maybe even higher. And, I mean, look with New England, they're going to have decisions to make too. I mean, yeah. it's, it's we say this every year, but it this really is, a is becoming team. a yeah. question as to whether or not Tom Brady is going to be back with this team. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. I don't know that he's going to be back. So it's interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Let's move over to the running back position. We'll kind of preview this uh, before we hit the break here and just let you know the top 12 finishers in half PPR in the 2019 fantasy football season. Of course, Christian McCaffrey was number one. Completely awesome. ridiculous. How about this venture? He had 122.9 more fantasy points. Then the second running back that was closest to him, which is your boy. Aaron Jones. Yep. Aaron Jones finishes the RB2. Great pick by you. CMC had 122.9 more points than him in half PPR. Think about this. Duke Johnson <laughs> finished with 132 fantasy points himself. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey was an RB1 and a flex running back combined Bond. in terms of his fantasy output. Yeah. It's just completely ridiculous. I understand that from year to year, it's kind of hard to repeat being the number one overall player in fantasy football or at the running back position. But he's done it two years in a row, pretty I close. Can, I can't see yeah. how you can go anybody go with anybody outside of Christian McCaffrey, he's one, yeah. barring some kind of like crazy offseason surgery or injury yeah. uh, when it comes to McCaffrey. Your RB two, I reference him, Aaron Jones, then Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't finished below RB five in any season he has been in the league. Twenty seventeen. I'll use fantasy points per game because he only played 10 games due to yeah. suspension. He finished as RB3 in fantasy points per game uh, in 2017. Safe You're, as they come. Yeah. So safe. Your number five running back, Dalvin Cook. Then Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Mark Ingram, Leonard Fournette. I was wrong about Fournette for sure. Me too. Saquon Barkley, Chris Carson, and Alvin Kamara. How about this? Alvin Kamara has exactly 81 receptions in each season he's been in the NFL. 81? How crazy is that? Exactly 81. <laughs> what? That's wild. That's insane. But that's safe. That, that's consistency safe. right there. Yeah. Gonna, I love Kamara. You're going to be able to get Kamara at a discount next year. Late first round pick, mid to late first round pick, and something I'll like that. Grab him there, yeah. And if you look at his yardage, right. the only thing that came back was his touchdowns. touchdowns. And that's a fickle thing. It's hard to predict year touchdowns. To his first yeah. two seasons, he had at least 13 total touchdowns. We knew at some point that that was going to come down. But this year, for example, I'll pull this up for you. It was, he had, what he had, like six, seven touchdowns total? He had six. He finished with five rushing and one receiving. So he had six touchdowns. Right. Which still isn't horrible, but he had no, three in one game. In this offense, yeah. he should have had more right. than six touchdowns. But he had three in one game also. And if you remember, there was a lot of weeks where he had touchdowns called back. 
I remember the Tampa Bay game comes to mind. Yeah. Over this final month, he had t- he had two or three touchdowns called back right. due to penalty. So if he finished the season with nine t- total touchdowns, we're talking about this completely different. Right. He's a top six, seven running back once again. Elite. So the touchdowns, yes, they're hard to predict. I mean, that's why we say it every single year. Devontae Adams, each of the past two, three seasons, was up over double-digit touchdowns. This year, he didn't score he until week 11 or week 12. Right, so, exactly. You know, touchdowns are really hard to predict. And, and Kamar, just to say how efficient he still is, 4.7 yards per carry on the ground on 171 touches. He should get more touches, I think, too. But the 81 catches and 533 yards. So he's doing everything else great. I will say this. Does it worry you that his yards per touch has gone down every season he's been in the NFL? 7.7 as a rookie, 5.8 in year two, 5.3 in year three. I'm not worried, no. You're not worried about it. He he was battling injury as well. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about the running back position. Maybe we'll get to the wide receivers as well. <laughs> You're watching the Fantasy BFFs live on the Sports Grid TV network. That's Chris. I am Frank. We'll be back right after this. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. That is the closer, Chris Ventra, host of the Fantasy Football Frenzy. I am Frank Stanfield. You are watching the Fantasy BFFs right here on the Sports Grid TV network. Get on the grid. I wanted to uh, kind of talk about some more of these running backs here, the top mm-hmm. 12 finishers. We went over it uh, before the break, and I mentioned how great Christian McCaffrey was this year. Mentioned uh, Ezekiel Elliott, how consistent he has been in his NFL career so far. Uh, Alvin Kamara has been extremely consistent as well. I think you'll get him at a bit of a discount. I did want to mention this and get your thoughts on it as well, Ventra. Mm -hmm. Four running backs inside the top 12 this year had under 40 receptions. And a half point PPR. Half PPR. Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Nick Chubb, and Chris Carson. This is the most since 2016, the most running backs uh, to finish inside the top 12 with under 40 receptions. Now, these are guys that dominate carries for their team. They come from great rushing offenses. Uh, They dominate red zone work as well, so they score a lot of touchdowns. So they, they were safe in that regard. And obviously, that's how you identify the running backs that you can draft who don't catch passes. It's, you know, it's guys that have to get it done in touch in the touchdown department and, and with these touches, big yeah. chunk plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exactly what Derrick Henry, Ingram, Chubb, and Carson were all able to do. Right. What is your biggest takeaway from that heading into the 2020 season? Because I feel like more often than not, fantasy analysts, and it's the entire industry, People kind of shy away from players like this mm-hmm. because they don't catch passes. Everyone plays in either half PPR or full PPR nowadays. There's a lesson to be learned from this. Yeah. EY spoke a lot about this throughout the course of the season. He said, fantasy points are fantasy points. I don't care how you give them to me. Right. Yeah, touchdowns might be a little fluky, but when, when you're the only running back on your team that's getting that red zone work, is it really that fluky? No. I would say with running backs like this... It wasn't fluky. That's their job. So, so what's yeah. your biggest takeaway from this? So, yeah, I think the thing is you have to understand is 
as we think as analysts, we're thinking in a half point or a full point PPR, you're looking at the running backs. If they could do both, run and catch the passes, they give you a safer floor for consistency throughout the season. That's the idea. The problem is you could have a Derrick Henry who's consistent without doing that. Consistency can come from a running back who doesn't catch passes. And that was my big mistake this year. I was touting all guys that catch passes and not guys that don't. It was the first year I hopped off Henry because I do like Henry because he's a freak. But what worried me is he doesn't catch passes. Same with Michelle. Michelle worried me because he doesn't catch passes. Now, they do have these low flaws at times. But if they're in a system, the right system, you know, they, they run the ball a lot. You're the RB1 like Derrick Henry is. You're not getting touches stolen from you. All that counts. So a lot of it is opportunity and where you are, but it taught me the lesson that I can't just stay away from guys that don't catch passes when they're the main running back on their team and they're a good quality running back, a true old school running runner, you know what I mean, without catching passes. I was buying into that too much this year, and I think for the past few years I was. So I learned something this year, and I will buy back into Derrick Henry next year and guys like Nick Chubb. As long as there's not people taking away too many touches from them, I think those guys will still be at the top of their game. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway, and I agree with you, right? Like, you can identify. We easily could have identified this before the season. We didn't. We knew that Deion Lewis was not going to have a big role in this Titans offense. Mm-hmm. All they were talking about all preseason was how this team was going to run through, the offense was going to run through Derrick Henry. He mm-hmm. was going to be the workhorse. You know, people were talking him up, having this monster season. I'll tell you, the only reason why I got off Derrick Henry was because he had an injury during, the, during training camp. Yeah. During preseason. I, I believe he had a hamstring injury. Normally, that's huge. When you yeah. see something like that, when you see it was either hamstring or calf, right? But either way, whenever you see a soft tissue injury like that before the season even starts for a running back, bad news. Nine times out of ten, that is something that lingers all season long. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was off Derrick Henry. I mean, I, I knew that he was going to be the guy for his team. I just I got off of him for a different reason. Uh, ultimately, the injury being there. But I mean, look at the running backs that we did like this year because we thought that they were going to catch passes. Right, David Johnson. James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, right? We all saw, oh, these guys are going to catch a ton of passes this year for their respective teams. And, Duke and they, Johnson. And they didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And they didn't show up, ultimately. So Eckler did. I think that you will be able to identify those players. Like, mm-hmm. For example, Josh Jacobs next year. Yeah. I think he's capable of catching passes. John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders offense hasn't used him that way yet. Right. But even if he catches 30 to 40 passes next year, he is someone that is going to consistently see close to 20 touches. Right. And he's going to dominate red zone usage for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Like, there's no other running back on that team that I'm scared of. Plus, and I believe DeAndre Washington's a free agent, too. Right. And they shouldn't cut into his time anyway because he, he had a fantastic season. I mean, 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, he had 1,150 total uh, yards on the ground. Beautiful. Uh, the only thing he lacked in was he had seven touchdowns. You want to see a little more. But like we say, next year he could have 12. Would you be surprised? No. You would not. Uh, because it just so happened he had seven this year. But... 27 targets, that's where you want to see the improvement. You want to see closer to 50 to 60 targets. I'm hoping 40 catches. The guy can catch the ball. He showed it. You're already talking. You're you're already doing the reception thing again, Venture. Look, I know. You're already doing it again. See, I'm falling into the same trap. (laughs) You're falling into the same trap once again. But he's the RB1. So, like you said, even if he ends up with 30 catches, 35 catches, I'm happy with Josh Jacobs to me as a solid RB2 that I'll draft uh, if he does that. He's going to be a second round pick, though. You think he's going to be a second round pick? Yeah. He's going to go high. I don't I mean, know. Because the talent is there. We've seen yeah. it. And the guy was playing with a fractured shoulder, too. So he's going to be an RB1. He's going to be a 12, 12 I think he's going to be a low-end RB1 drafted. Okay. He's going to be a solid second-round pick. See, I, don't know I do believe that. Would you buy into him as your RB1, your first drafted running back? 
Well, it'll always depend on who you take in the first round. But right. yeah, if I got like a DeAndre Hopkins in round one, mm-hmm. if you start D Hop Josh Jacobs, nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. Or even I like. Look, it's early ADP. We don't know where these guys are yeah. going to go. But if Josh Jacobs slips to the end of the second round, if you could start your draft, Michael Thomas, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. That's amazing. That is beautiful. That, I mean, that is great. But why do I feel like kind of uncomfortable as Josh Jacobs as my RB1? Maybe that's just me. I, and I shouldn't feel uncomfortable. It might be the receptions that. thing again, man. Maybe. I'm telling you. Like, it, it might just I be gotta, something that's so ingrained yeah. into your brain. And a lot of people think that way because you're right. When you catch passes as a running back, it mm-hmm. does raise your floor, right? Yeah. Because, you know, even if you don't do a lot with those passes, if you say you run it inefficiently one day, mm-hmm. or, you know, you don't have a high yards per carry, you don't get a lot of yardage on the ground, or you don't score a touchdown, right. at least if you catch four or five passes for 30, 40 yards, you salvage your day. that helps your floor. I mean, come on. So I hear what you're saying. Kamara's a great example this year. Regress severely in touchdowns, yeah. right? Uh, and didn't carry the ball a ton. Like he normally doesn't. Still finish RB12 because he had 81 receptions. 81 receptions. Yeah. So that's what it brings to the table. If you could get a guy that could do both. The problem is you got to be careful of the guys like Duke Johnson, who's not getting any carries on the ground, only getting stuff through the air, and it's not always consistent. You know, it's hard to yeah, find That's more of a guys. satellite back. Yeah. You know? that's a, but like Eckler a, was like a flex running back. Eckler's kind of a satellite back himself. But <laughs> but he's just a freak, dude. He's just really But the way good. that he does it is just... <laughs> yeah. It's insane, and that'll be an, uh, a situation to pay attention to in the offseason because Melvin Gordon's a free agent. Yeah. So if Austin Eckler has his backfield to himself, oh, I mean, man. <laughs> you're talking about him as you know a first-round pick as well. Uh, yeah, at, at least maybe the worst early second round. Yeah, he, he would probably be at that turn. Yeah, right at that turn. Yeah. And I would touch it. Yeah. I, I and again, <laughs> look, just to put a, a bow on the running backs that don't catch passes again, it's hard to... It's hard to trust it completely, mm-hmm. but I think for the most part, you know when those guys are going to be the main backs in their backfield. Mm-hmm. We knew that about Chubb. We knew that about Henry. Carson. For the most part, we knew that about Josh Jacobs. When you have that combination of talent, and Jacobs has a great offensive line. Derrick Henry has a great offensive line. The Browns didn't, but Nick Chubb is that great of a yeah. talent where you know he was able to exceed that. Right. Um, I think it'll be easier to kind of point out those running backs heading into the. They were all like season. third, third, fourth round picks this year. Think yeah. about it. They all went in kind of that area, except for Chubb. Yeah, uh, but Carson, Henry, that's true. They were all third round picks. Yeah, because of their, you know, they're not able to catch those passes, and now look where they are. The thing is, will you go back into the well and draft these? Like, wh- where would you draft Derrick Henry? Now you're paying up for him. That's yeah. the problem. Now you got to pay for him coming off a season where right. he's going to regress from, or at least we think. Because he's, he's not going to have, however many, you know, yeah, 15 yeah. touchdowns again. And 1,540 like, yards rushing, which he could do, but he had 303 th- carries. I mean, I don't know. It's, he could regress pretty easily. Look here. He had 16 rushing and two receiving. Yeah. The guy had 18 receptions, and two of those went for touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> he had 18 total touchdowns. So That's a ridiculous I mean, You have amount. to imagine yeah. that's gonna, that number is going to come back a little bit, but you're right. You'd, mm-hmm. you'd end up paying for what might be a career year for Derrick Henry. That's what I'm saying. These are going to be all talking points throughout the course of the offseason, um, yeah. heading into the 2020 fantasy football drafts. I did want to get your thoughts on this, because I know that you're a big Dalvin Cook guy, and I, I said this last week, and I started to look a little bit more into it, mm-hmm. but I think Kareem Hunt is going to leave the Cleveland Browns. I don't think he's going to be back with this team. He's a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. I think some team is going to sign Kareem Hunt to starter money, yeah. and I don't think that the Cleveland Browns are going to match whatever contract offer he gets. They don't need to. It they doesn't really Chubb, make yeah. sense. They have Nick yeah. Chubb. You know, they can find uh, you know uh, a, a complimentary yeah. running back. 
in the draft, or you know, maybe it's Dontrell Hilliard, whatever it might be. I think Kareem Hunt will be gone. Yeah. And last week I said if he is gone, I would take Nick Chubb over Dalvin Cook. Right, right. Next year mm-hmm. as a top five pick. And I know that you are a I love Cook. Yeah. You're a Dalvin Cook guy. Yeah. And I think like I think it's close. Like you're literally nitpicking right. between Cook and Chubb here because they're See, both super talented. Right. But for me, I look at what Nick Chubb did this year and the fact that all we kept talking about was that his offensive line wasn't great. The Browns' offense was dysfunctional. Yep. It wasn't great either. Baker wasn't good at all. And he for half the season, he had Kareem Hunt. And he still finished as the RB7. Seven, yeah. He nearly led the league in rushing if it wasn't for Derrick Henry going off again yesterday. Right. He did all that under the circumstances that he was in. Right. I think that he has higher upside than, than Dalvin Cook. I think it's so close. Yeah. I think the difference is... And this is what washes each other out is that Dalvin Cooks has this injury history now because now it's been three years in a row. He got injured at the end of the season this year, uh, but he showed what he could bring to the table and how good he is. Chubb, his only flaw is that he doesn't catch a ton of passes. Kareem Hunt became that specialist. I'm happy you brought that up. By himself, he might, right? And he's a great runner and he's just super talented. Both these guys are super talented. I think you can't go wrong either way. The thing is... The injury history lingers in your mind with Dalvin Cook, yep. but I have a bitter taste from Chubb in week 16. He <laughs> dudded it for me, and that kind of left a bitter taste in my mouth. Uh, yeah, no. The closer yeah, doesn't forget. Five fantasy points for me. So, But listen, I just like Dalvin Cook, so I think that's a preference thing. I think it's really that close. They're both going to be their guys. They're both going to get a ton of touches. I just think, I think the upside's almost exactly the same. And I also think the floor is similar. I think maybe Cook's floor is a little higher just because he'll catch more passes. Once again, I'm going back to this hey, pass catching that? thing. I'm just, but I, <laughs> it's I, hard I to think break the floor out of it. It's a little higher for that reason, you know? Uh, I don't know how many passes Chubb is going to c- catch, you know? Yeah. I'm happy you brought up the targets and receptions because for these two, Dalvin Cook on the season had 15% of the target share for the Minnesota Vikings. In games that Nick Chubb played without Kareem Hunt, he had a 12% target share. Mm. So. He wasn't far off. I right. mean, we're talking about over the course of a full season, Nick Chubb, if Kareem Hunt wasn't there, remember, Kareem Hunt came in and soaked up all the running back targets and receptions. Yeah. If he's not there, Nick Chubb probably finishes the season with close to 50 receptions, maybe even more than 50 receptions. He could be a true elite workhorse. He he, he can. And, yeah. and, you know, I looked at these advanced numbers uh, that we like to use, the analytics for running backs, and Chubb was first in breakaway runs. Those are runs of more than 15 yards. Okay. First in yards created. This comes according to Player Profiler. Second in yards after contact per attempt. That's from Pro Football Focus. Second in avoided tackles. So Nick Chubb has the ability to break out long runs, yep. make opposing defenders miss, and Dalvin Cook can do that as well. Yeah. But the numbers don't lie. He right. doesn't do it as good. Sixth right. in breakaway runs. Fourth in yards cre- created. 16th in yards after contact per attempt. Tied for eighth in avoided tackles. So, look, this is what we're going to have to do next year. We're going to have to split hairs. You don't want to get your first-round pick wrong. Because we were doing this this year for, you know, David Johnson versus uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Right. And if you chose the wrong one, then you were screwed. I don't think, in this case, if they're both healthy, I don't think you could go wrong. Maybe because of the health, yeah. Chubb, you take over Cook. Oh, yeah. Oh, either way, you're, you're going. You're I'm okay. getting the you're closer good. in on the Chubb. <laughs> I'm getting the closer. Give him Still all the Cook. Chubb. I know you, you heard the promo a million times from Spitting Speeds. Yeah. Give the closer all the Chubb. I, I want Nick <laughs> Chubb as well, man. Top five pick for me in 2020. We'll be back. We'll wrap up the show. It's the Fantasy BFFs right after this. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, live on the Sports Grid TV network. Get on the grid. I am Frank Stamfel. He is the closer, Chris Venture, the host of the Fantasy Football Frenzy, right here on the Sports Grid network as well. Venture, I noticed when, when we go to break a lot on the Fantasy Football Frenzy, mm-hmm. you like to throw some pump fakes around. Some pump fakes. I know. You're, you, ha- you, have a little, uh, you have a little quarterback blood in yeah. those veins. Because I remember we, we went out one day. We filmed, that video's out there, yeah. We filmed a little... Uh, Producer action one-on-one game between Alex Paisano <laughs> and Brian, Barstool Brian down in the pit. There it is. And there you go. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know we had this readily available, but look at great the job crisp. by the producers yeah. downstairs. Well done. Look at me. Wow, look at this. Slinging it, boy. Look at this. Oh, oh my God. Brian caught. I mean, that's Brian a bit with of the a pump fake. Yeah. But <laughs> we got to get back out there and play. I was going to say... Ready? Yeah, I, yeah I'm ready. Let's give the audience a little bit of... Uh, let's, see, let's see those hands, right? You ready? S- sitting... Look hand, at this guy. My hands are good. Hands. I'm a safety, really. But hit me up. Look at you know this. Saying, Look at you know this. We we'll have to make it back out it's there and have it. a little uh, <laughs> friendly sports grid. Yeah. Game. Three on uh, four on four. Which, Whatever. I mean, yeah. hey, get as many people as we can. You know, we can get people. What, what position do you think Greg Sussman would play? Play. That's tough. That's yeah, tough. I, I don't know. Man. Tight end. I've got nothing. <laughs> right, what are we gonna do? Uh, yeah. Oh, he could he could deliver give her. Us, he could deliver us water. Give her long snapper. Long snapper. <laughs> long <her>. snapper. <laughs> long snapper. Maybe he'll get a deflection. You know, I don't know. Something right. like that. We'll we'll have to figure it out. We'll have to set it up as well here. Uh, we'll we'll hopefully get some uh, some camera work as well, so we yeah. can uh, we can we can let the good people out there, the viewers. You did good camera work that day, though. Yeah, I try. You Those know, shots were good. I try. I had I was working with a camera phone. This is mm-hmm. all I had. I did want to before we wrap up the show here. Mm. Uh, I'm dilly dallying here talking about you know stupid football and where Greg Sussman's going to play on the field. Uh, <laughs> but I did want to ask, just wanted to get your thoughts before the playoffs get started because this is the last show that I'll be doing with you, mm-hmm. I believe. I think tomorrow I'm going to try and get Jim Day on. He doesn't know that yet, but yeah. I'm going to try and ask Jim Day if we could get him on. Um, I wanted to get your Super Bowl prediction oh, right now. Yeah. On the air. You put me with on the spot. We've got 30 left. seconds. Uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers. The 49ers. Over. The Kansas City Chiefs. The 49ers over the Kansas Gucci City Chiefs. wins the Super Bowl, baby. There Gucci. you go. Get your bets in <laughs> on the 49ers. I did already. On the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm with you. I like the Chiefs from the AFC. I like the New Orleans Saints. That will Saints be tough, yeah. my prediction. Uh, my preseason prediction was the Saints and the Steelers. We all know how the Steelers worked out. That is Chris Venture. I am Frank Stanfield. We'll be back again tomorrow. We hope. hope.